so thankful for his goodness to us. I'm going to read a couple of verses of scripture tonight uh, from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 16, Acts chapter 2. And I want to continue in this vein that we have been uh, studying in terms of doctrine and uh, apostolic doctrine, what we believe and why we believe it. And so I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 16, uh, verses 13 through 19, a very uh, famous interaction between Jesus and his disciples. If it's your first time to hear it, uh, you'll be blessed by it. And if it's your, if it's your, uh, if you've heard it many times, you'll be blessed by it as well. Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13, when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We're going to read from Acts chapter 2, another beautiful passage of scripture that is very near and dear to the heart. Of the apostolic Pentecostal believer, Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 36 through 39. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, there's that word, promise, is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call and I, I want to concentrate our attention on Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus told Simon Peter, he said, I have given to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what I want to speak to you about, the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. Uh, let's look at this interaction that Jesus had with his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. He asks them a question. He said, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am. He asks them, what have they heard? You've been around. You've heard people talk in the marketplace. You've heard them talk in uh, various corners of the city. What have you heard? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they began to tell him what they had heard. Somebody spoke up and said, well, I heard somebody say the other day that you are... John the Baptist, come back to life. I heard some say that you are Elias or Elijah. And others said you are Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Or maybe one of the prophets, Haggai, Habakkuk, 
Zephaniah, Zechariah, Jonah, one of, just one of the prophets. I mean, I've heard it all. I mean, you name it, and Rabbi, and we've heard that that's who you are. Jesus narrowed the question. And, and, and the first question that he asked was leading to this question. This question in verse 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And that is the very critical question. That is the answer. The answer to that question is the answer to so many truths and, and important principles of living for God. Who do you say that he is? Because you can scour, you can Google who people say Jesus is. You can scour the earth for any false teacher you want, any kind of a rumor mill, any, anybody that has a, an opinion or some conjecture on who Jesus is, but, but their opinion doesn't matter. You can even hear the truth preached about who Jesus is, but if that doesn't line up with who you say that he is, it doesn't do you any good. You have to know who Jesus is. Amen. Now, I've dedicated my life, and you who are a servant of the Lord, those of you who serve God with your, all your heart, we have dedicated ourselves to teaching people who Jesus is. We've dedicated ourselves to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't just for the preacher in the pulpit. That's to the church. It is the church who is supposed to be preaching the gospel to every creature. The preacher in the pulpit is one mechanism as to how that gospel is preached. But the gospel is to be preached by the whole body of Jesus Christ. So who do you say that he is? Such an important question. And so much hangs on in the balance uh, as to how you answer that question. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Messiah. You are the long-awaited anointed one, the one of whom the prophets spake. You are Messiah, the Son of the living God. That was a profound statement that Simon Peter made and a bold statement that he made. By saying that he was the Son of the living God, he was saying that he was God. That he was God manifest in human flesh. That he was the Father come down to dwell among men. That we may behold his glory and behold his grace and truth. And, and when Peter said it, Jesus said unto him, you are blessed. You are blessed. I don't think we understand how blessed we are that we know who Jesus is. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God. That I know who Jesus is. You ought to thank God you know who Jesus is. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I, I, have, I, have heard, I have heard people say, you know, if you really want to get apostolics riled up, you ought, to, you ought to preach the oneness of God. That really gets them shouting. And I know what they mean. They, they, they mean, let's don't stop there. Let's, let's take that into a full understanding of how it's practically applied. I get it. But don't stop shouting about it either. Don't stop rejoicing in it either. The Lord of glory came down into this earth. Took upon our flesh and our sin and our shame. And was nailed to an old rugged cross. 
for us that we may live forever with him. Never stop rejoicing about that. And don't give an inch on understanding it and believing it. Don't let anybody try to dilute it with false teaching or doctrine. This is the foundational, fundamental understanding of the whole word of Almighty God. If you take that truth out of the equation, all the word of God gets off kilter. He is one Lord. Hallelujah. Whether he's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, he is one God. Not three separate persons, one God. Hallelujah. Not three separate beings, one God. Manifesting himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we must stand upon that truth. Blessed art thou. You are blessed. Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon the son of Jonah. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. Now you, you need, that's important. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. This understanding cannot be revealed to us by flesh and blood. It cannot be revealed unto us by merely somebody saying it to us. We, we all know, if you've lived for the Lord a little while, we all know that feeling of speaking the truth in love and it bouncing back at you like you didn't say anything at all. Showing somebody the word of God in all of its power and in all of its glory and them looking upon it, blinded by tradition, blinded by heresy, blinded by false doctrine and not seeing it though it is spelled out clearly in front of them. Why is that? Because flesh and blood does not reveal it unto them. His father, our father who art in heaven, Hallelujah. He reveals it under the hearts of men. So whether you hear it once, twice, three times, four times, five times, keep preaching it, keep teaching it, keep singing it, put it in your lifestyle, the way you live, the way you act, be singular in the way you live. You know, you can live oneness. Hallelujah. If you're not double-minded, you're oneness. In your mind, be one in your thinking. Be one in the way you live your life. And that in itself is a powerful testimony to the oneness of God. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And this, this is an is a, a, uh, a, a impediment to the character of people. And it hinders the gospel and the purity of the gospel. But when you are one in the way you treat people, one in the way you love God, one in the way you love your neighbor, one in the way you live your life. You don't live it one way in church and another way outside of this building. Amen. Amen. And there is a revelation that comes from God. I was preaching. I had someone tell me one time they were a, uh, they were a new believer at the time. And they said, you know, uh, Pastor, you said something. And I had heard you say it before, but you said it, just, and they mentioned a week or two ago that I had said it. And they said, when you said that, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And they said, I had heard you say it six or seven times, but when you said it that time, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And it was another reminder to me that, that just because you've said it once doesn't mean you shouldn't say it again. So if you hear me preach the same thing over and over, there's a reason why. 
I'm trying to get something into somebody's heart. Hallelujah. And just keep preaching the truth of God because one day it's going to click. One day it's going to make sense. One day it's going to lock into place. The Father reveals it into the hearts of men. That's the way that revelation works. Hallelujah. And he said to him, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter or Petra. And upon this rock, in reference to the rock of understanding that he had, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Can somebody say amen to that? We've seen an example of that in 2020. The gates of hell have opened themselves, but they've been powerless against the church of the living God. Because we are built upon a steadfast foundation. We're built upon the rock Christ Jesus. We know who he is. And we know what that makes us. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Praise the Lord. He gave unto Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And when we look in Acts chapter 2, we see that Peter put to use those keys of the kingdom of heaven. We're going to read again what we just uh, read. Acts chapter 2. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and begin at, at the um, 17th verse. Peter is responding to the, uh, to the question of the devout Jews that had come into the upper room. The question was, what meaneth this? He was responding to those who said these men are full of new wine. And he said to them, these are not drunken as you suppose. Because it's the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Now I want to read to you part of Acts chapter 2 we don't always read. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. He came to this earth in the providence of almighty God. That's the concept of the lamb being slain from the foundation of the world. Ye have taken him and by wicked hands you have crucified and slain him. That was, that was a, that was a, uh, I mean, that was a haymaker right, right upside their face when they heard that. When they, and he said, you took him by wicked hands and have crucified and slain him. But God hath raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. And you've heard me teach before why it was not possible that he should be holden of the pains of death. The pains of death could not hold on to him because he was innocent. 
And it is sin that gives death jurisdiction over us. But Jesus had no sin. So it was not possible that he should be holden by the pains of death. For David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice. My tongue was glad. I believe that's a reference to speaking in other tongues. My heart rejoiced. My tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. That is a reference to the fact that though our flesh is corruptible. And it is sown in dishonor. It shall be raised in honor. Hallelujah in the resurrection of our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. My flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Messiah to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. David the psalmist, David the patriarch, David the the, the prophet saw this and spoke of the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in hell. His flesh did not see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted. Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Now ladies and gentlemen, that statement. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. That is David prophesying. That the Lord of glory was going to step down into this earth. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. That he is going to subdue every enemy under his feet. And he's going to make them his footstool. That is the ministry of Jesus Christ. That is what Jesus Christ did when he walked this earth. And when he went to the cross that we sang about tonight so beautifully. And he was wounded and bruised and chastised. He was crucified. He was buried. He was risen from the dead and is alive forevermore. And he reigns right now as king of all kings. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is the enemy of death. And that enemy is going to be destroyed when the Lord returns to this earth and casts death into the lake of fire. And death will lose its hold on the saints of God. Hallelujah. The saints of God will no longer be dead. They will rise from the dead because they're not just dead. They're dead in Christ. 
Hallelujah. Their corruptible body will put on incorruption. Their mortal body will put on immortality. They will have a body that cannot die. They will have a body that cannot get sick. They will have a body that cannot suffer sadness and sorrow. They will rise to walk in the great resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is what awaits us. And when the Bible speaks of the Lord saying unto my Lord, it is referring to the fact that the Father has come forth into this world as the Son of God. It is He as the Son of God that is at the right hand of God, which signifies the power and the authority of God. And it will be this way until he makes his enemies his footstool. That occurs at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we are raised to walk with him in his glorious resurrection. Glory to God. Do you know that that scripture the Lord said unto my Lord Sit thou on my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. Do you know that was stated by David first? Then it was stated by Jesus. Then it was stated by Peter. Then it was stated by Paul. It was referenced by Paul when he said that the Son shall deliver the kingdom to the Father. That God may be all in all. This is the foundational concept of all scripture. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone of all scripture. Hallelujah. And Peter preached it on the day of Pentecost. Then he said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified. You know, the one you rejected. The one that you hid as it were your faces from him. God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this. They were pricked in their heart. And, and that's what preaching has to do. Preaching has to prick our hearts. Lord, help your word to prick our hearts. Preaching is not to entertain us. Preaching is not to make us feel good. There is hope in preaching. There is comfort in preaching. But it's not to tickle our ears. It's not to make us to somehow feel good about our fleshly condition. No, we are to be pricked in our heart. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They didn't know what to do because they had missed out on the long-awaited Messiah. It had just been proven to them through the writings of David, through the writings of Joel. They had just heard absolute, undeniable proof that Jesus was the Messiah they crucified him. They missed their chance. The kingdom came and the kingdom went. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, well, he said, I, I know the door is shut, but I do have some keys here. I've got some keys from Matthew chapter 16. When I was having a conversation with Jesus, he gave me keys to this kingdom. And here are the keys to the kingdom then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, we ought to give him praise for that. 
We ought to give him praise for that. I'm thankful that there's a plan for salvation. I'm thankful that there's a way of escape. I'm thankful that there are keys to the kingdom. I'm thankful we've got a way out of our sin. I'm thankful we've got a way out of this ungodly world. I'm thankful that we've got an entrance into the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now there are a lot of religious teachers who will skip right over this passage. And yet this is the first time in the scriptures that the question was answered. Men and brethren, what shall we do? The first opportunity the apostles had to share how a person can make their way into the glorious kingdom of Jesus Christ. Here it is. This is it. By the preacher who had been authorized by Jesus with keys of the kingdom to open and unlock understanding into the kingdom of God. And so many religious teachers skip right over this and pretend like it's just another in a long line of historical references. No, this holds in it the words of spirit and life, truth is found in these words, repent. Hallelujah. You, you're not going to be able to make heaven your home if you've got sin in your life. You're not going to be able to make heaven your home if you've got wickedness that you're harboring. You're not going to be able to make heaven your home if iniquity abounds in you. You're not going to be able to make heaven your home if you've got transgressions that you are, that you are justifying and you are giving safe Save haven in your heart, in your mind, in your body, in your soul. No, you have to lay it down in repentance. You have to give it to God in repentance. Now, in the Old Testament, we saw a foreshadowing of repentance. We saw a foreshadowing of repentance in the Old Testament when the spotless lamb was slain at the brazen altar in the tabernacle in the wilderness. That lamb that was slain, that was what needs to happen in repentance. Do you know what happens at repentance? When repentance, this old man dies. This old flesh dies. These old thoughts die. These old habits die. It's me turning away from sinful behavior and from a sinful nature. It's me saying, God, I don't want it anymore. I'm turning from it. And you say, but... Pastor, I've tried that before, and it's clear I don't have the power to turn from my sinful ways. You know what? You're, you're actually closer than you realize. We need you to understand you don't have the power to do it. That's half the battle because a lot of people think they have the power, and that's incorrect. You don't have the power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Glory. Hallelujah. Repentance is you saying, I don't want it anymore. I don't want this lifestyle. I don't want these, these actions, these habits that bring sadness and suffering and sorrow. I don't want this way of thinking anymore. I don't want the depressiveness. I want you, Lord. I just don't know how. I don't know how to do it. You know what? You don't have to be an expert in knowing how to do it. You, you go to God and tell him that. Say, God, I don't know how to do it, but your word tells me to repent. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from these things. And then you just turn from it. You say, but I'll go back. I, turn from it again. 
Turn from it. Keep turning. Turn. Fight. Struggle. Hallelujah. Fight in Jesus' name. God will step into that fight. Hallelujah. And he'll give you strength. And he'll give you the ability to walk away from the things that hold you down. I'm telling you that the kingdom of heaven that the Bible describes, one of righteousness and peace and joy and love and hope and gladness forevermore, one of the keys is repentance. Turning away from wickedness. Turning away from a wicked lifestyle. Turning away from a sinful lifestyle. Isn't the devil so, so terrible? He tries to make it sound like a judgmental statement when somebody gets up and says, you've got to repent from your sins. And he tries to somehow trigger your mind to think, oh, there they go condemning me again. When in fact, they come to you with the most precious gift, a key to a kingdom that gets you out of the mess and the quagmire and the filth of this world. And, and there's nobody who feels superior to you. Nobody sitting up on a pedestal saying you ought to do this and you ought to do. No, no. Who are we to say that? We're just sinners saved by the grace of God. We, we, we were there, friend. We were there. We're only able to stand here today because God has been so good and so kind and so loving. Hallelujah. I didn't even have the power to believe. God stepped into my struggle and helped me believe. <laughs> Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism is more than a ceremony. You get in these waters. Hallelujah. And we take you under the water and we bring you up. But as we take you under the water... We baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak that name over you. That name has the power to wash away your sins. That name holds in it the blood of the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That name has within it, hallelujah, the remission of sins. That name will expunge the sin from your record. Glory to God. See, when you repent from your sin, you turn away from it. But when you're baptized in Jesus' name, it's like you never committed the sin. It is your record is, is stripped of the sin. Your record does not contain the sin any longer. The devil can accuse you all he wants. It's not on your record. The devil can shame you all he wants. He can remind you all he wants. People can remind you all they want. But it's not on your record. It's not on your record because when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you come up under his identity. You are now in Christ and that means you have a new name you have a new identity they can google search whatever they want to google search on you but you were buried in the waters of baptism and you have a new name <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> Woo! my God thank you Jesus 
If you are looking for the sin record of Joel Urshan, you're looking in the wrong place. You'll have to look up Jesus Christ because that's the name that's on me now. That's the name I go by now. That's the name that's recorded forever in heaven. So you'll have to look up that name. And when you look up that name, there's no sin in that name. There's no transgression in that name. There's no iniquity in that name. Uh Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to give you the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. So that you can unlock the door to this glorious kingdom of God. And and, and the way to do it, you, you can't go there. You can't go there by yourself. You can't go there with your name. Your name doesn't have any power. My goodness, that's what the seven sons of Sceva found out. When they, tried to, when they tried to somehow manufacture some kind of a concoction of authority over these devil-possessed people. And the devils spoke out from this man and said, I know who Jesus is. I even know who Paul is. But I don't know who you are. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We don't come to this world and worldly principalities. We don't come with a sword or a spear. We don't come in some kind of an, uh, of an ability of our own, but we come in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel. Woo! Hallelujah. And when I come in Jesus' name, it unlocks the door to the kingdom. It unlocks the door to the kingdom. Hallelujah. I don't know what password you've been typing in. Here, one, two, three, four. Zero, 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 zero. I don't know what kind of password you've been typing in, but but I'll give you the password right now. His name is Jesus. Woo! His name is above every name. His name is a strong tower. His name, hallelujah. There's no name like it. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's the key to the kingdom. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That Holy Ghost will come upon you. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you're going to speak with other tongues. And it will be the Spirit that gives you the utterance. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. And we're not about to water down the experience of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. No, sir, no, ma'am. We're not cheating this world. The great experience of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Who do we think we are trying to somehow tamper with what God has ordained? God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And, and, and when people receive the Holy Ghost, they speak with tongues. Hallelujah. 
Yo, glory to God. You know what? I've never heard somebody who's a tongue talker who didn't like talking in tongues. Once that spirit gives the utterance, you want to talk in tongues every chance you get. Once that spirit gives the utterance, hallelujah, it's like a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. Once that spirit gives the utterance, you dip your bucket down into the well of salvation. And with joy, you draw water out of the wells of salvation. You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you'll speak with other tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Don't, don't get mad at me. Look at the book of Acts. And instead of saying, well, I don't think that's right. I don't agree with it. Why don't you just tarry the way the Lord told us to tarry for the Holy Ghost? Tarry until you be endued with power from on high why would you look at the early church experience and and try to defy it why don't you try to experience it i've experienced it and i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world hallelujah i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world I love the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the power that lives down deep on the inside. That gives me strength over every adversary. That gives me strength over every principality. That gives me power over every worldly power. That gives me dominion and authority in Jesus Christ. It gives me peace in my soul. It gives me joy in my spirit. It gives me hope in my heart. It gives me love for my fellow man. I thank God for the Holy Ghost power. It's a key to the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. It's a key to the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. I want you to know God has given us these keys to the kingdom of heaven. And we've shouted about it. We've rejoiced about it. Tonight we've shouted about it. Tonight we're ready to we dance all over this house. Glory to God, we'd get six feet apart, just dance all night long. Because we love what the Lord has done, and we love the Lord, and we thank God for His goodness. And we thank God for His infilling of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to know so many times and too many times, we step into this kingdom. And, and the entrance into the kingdom itself, we, we just kind of stop in the foyer and just... Thank God we're here. But that's not the way the kingdom is supposed to work. Look at what the Lord said in John chapter 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. That's the kingdom. In my Father's house are many mansions. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm not standing in the foyer of my father's house. There are many mansions. Hallelujah. There are places to go. I've got things to do. I've got places to see. I've got people to reach. I've got power to experience. I've got glory to enjoy. Paul said it's from glory to glory. We are changed from glory to glory. I have not seen and ear hath not heard and neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that the Lord has prepared. Hallelujah. In my Father's house are many mansions. Woo! Hallelujah. 
I mean repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that gets you in the front door. But there are many mansions. There's a lot, there are a lot of things to experience in the glory of God. Look at, look at 2 Peter. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, what the word of the Lord says. In 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to start reading, I believe it's verse number 2. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 2 says this, listen to this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us by glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this giving all diligence Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. My God. You mean I get all that? Yeah, you get all that. You mean all that? Yes. You sometimes we have faith and we get virtue and we just sit out there on our Holy Ghost uh, lawn chair and just just soak in the sun of what God did for us. But he said, wait, wait, there's more. Add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. Woo, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if you're shouting about this, wait till you, wait till what God reveals to you next. Wait till what God shows you next. Wait till God shows you how to be a good husband and a good father and a good wife and a good mother and a good citizen. Hallelujah. And a good brother and a good neighbor. Hallelujah. Wait till he shows you how to handle your finances. Wait till he shows you how to live abundantly in peace with your fellow man. Add to your virtue knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. One of the great travesties to ever, to ever affect a child of God. They have forgotten That they are purged from their old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Glory to God. There's just, it's not just an entrance into the kingdom, it's an entrance abundantly into the kingdom. There are many mansions. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and, and verse number 9. This is the Lord telling Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and, and verse number 8. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries this is a kingdom door 
Hallelujah. And it's opened unto me. Yes, there are many adversaries, but the Lord has opened a door unto me. If God before me, ha, hallelujah, if God before me, who can be against me? There's a door in the kingdom of heaven that is opened unto me, and it doesn't matter how many adversaries there are, I'm going through. Glory to God. One place the Apostle Paul talked about a door of utterance being opened unto him. A door of utterance that he may speak boldly the mysteries of Christ. A door of utterance that he may speak boldly the mysteries of Christ. Now I want you to hear what he's saying. He was saying the mysteries of Christ, I was learning them. They were changing me. They were making my life better. They were giving me greater hope than I'd ever had before. But I couldn't articulate what I was learning. I, I, I wanted to, but the words wouldn't come out. And so I, I asked the Lord. And the Lord opened up one of the doors in the kingdom. He opened up unto me a door of utterance. That I may speak boldly the mysteries of Christ. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing, no good thing that shall be withheld from you when you are in the kingdom of heaven. God has doors that he will open unto you. Hallelujah. Effectual doors. In the book of Hosea, the scripture describes a door of hope in the valley of Achor. A door of hope in the valley of Achor. The valley of Achor, it was a wilderness. It was, a, it was a, a challenging place. It was a valley. And the Lord said, I'm going to open a door of hope in this valley. I want you to understand what God is saying. God is saying you can find a door in the kingdom even in your valley. Even when you're going through rough times and difficult circumstances... The kingdom has doors everywhere you go. There are doors of hope. There are doors of utterances. There are open doors that have many adversaries. Don't, oh, I feel like saying something right now. Don't mistake the adversaries for anything other than trying to keep you from walking through the door the Lord has opened. In fact, could it be said that the more adversaries there are, the more evidence it's a door the Lord has opened. I have set before you an open door and there are many adversaries. Well, let me go find where the many adversaries are. Because if I can find the many adversaries, he said there would be there. If I can get through those adversaries, that's the open door. That's the open door. The adversaries are trying to prevent me from seeing the open door. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something about this kingdom. There are many mansions. The keys of the kingdom are repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Those are the keys. That gets you in the front door. And there are many mansions. And I've described doors of hope, doors of utterance, doors that have adversaries. There's all kind of doors in this kingdom. But the keys don't change. The keys remain the same. You want to get through to another door? Repentance will take you there. Being in Christ will take you there. Stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost that is inside of you will take you there. That's what will take you to the, the doors throughout the kingdom of heaven. 
You know, I have had times in my ministry where I was up against a struggle, and I didn't know how to get through a particular door. I, I, I felt the presence of the adversaries, and I, and I didn't know how to quite get through, but, but the Lord would remind me, I've already given you the keys. See, these aren't just, these aren't just keys to one door. These are master keys. They open every door in this kingdom. So all I got to do is get down on my knees and start repenting again. And say, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not like you, take it away. Forgive me for all my sins, all my iniquities. Forgive me for bad attitudes. Forgive me for mistreatment of others. Purify my heart. Purify my spirit. Strengthen me, Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. It's the same key I used to get in this place. And it's the same key that's going to open up the next door I need to walk through. Hallelujah. Lord, in Jesus' name, purify me. Cleanse me. Make Make me whole. Make me new. Refresh my spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you the door is going to open wide because God hears the prayers of a contrite heart and a broken spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was already baptized in Jesus' name. I'm in Christ. When I abide in Christ, that's the key. That's the key that brought me in this place. And that's the key that's going to open up every door I need opened. I am in Christ. If any man be in Christ, hallelujah, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Hallelujah. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's about being in Christ. Hallelujah. The fullness of the God dwelleth in him bodily, and we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I'm in Christ. That's the key to open every door that I need to have opened in my life. What, are you, what do you need? You need some faith? Repent and be immersed all over again in that precious name. Let him, let him renew you again in the Holy Spirit of God. And you'll get the faith you need. You need some peace of mind? Do you need some peace? Are you troubled tonight? Do you need peace? Just pour your heart out to God at an old-fashioned altar. Make the altar in your living room. And say, God, I pour myself out. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me thoroughly. And immerse yourself in prayer again. It's going to open up a door of peace. You need to have love for somebody you're having trouble loving? Repent again. Be immersed again. Not in literal waters. You've done that already. But be immersed in that precious name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Speak in tongues again. Let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you again. Pray through again. These are the keys that open up every door in the kingdom of heaven. Woo, hallelujah. Do you believe it tonight? You believe it tonight? God has something for you. Hallelujah. Whatever you have need of. Don't even for a moment believe that lying, good-for-nothing, low-down, dirty, rotten devil that's trying to tell you that it's not for you. You just get on your knees, cry out to God, call upon his mighty name. Let him touch you again with his mighty power. Let him fill you and fill you and fill you and fill you with his precious Holy Spirit. Walk in the power of his name and every door you need opened will fly open. 
in Jesus' name. Somebody lift your hands and receive the word of the Lord right now. God, we thank you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and praise you. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now in the name of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet in the name of the Lord. Let's lift up our hands and give God praise in Jesus' name. Come on, let's do it all across this house. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have a need right now, go ahead and lift it up to God. If you have a need right now, go ahead and lift it up to God. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I believe, hallelujah, that it is your good pleasure to give unto me the kingdom of heaven. In this kingdom there is righteousness, there is peace, and there is joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. I want us to understand that, okay? The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. That's not just three random cool qualities. Those are building blocks to experiencing joy in the Holy Ghost. Starts with righteousness. You want to know why you don't have any peace in your mind? Because you're not resting in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If there is unrighteousness in somebody's heart, you you won't have any peace. Your spirit was meant to be right before God. And when you're not right before God, you won't have peace. But be right with God today. Make it right. Can we do that right now? Can you make it right with God? Hallelujah. Go ahead. Lift up your hands and make it right with God. Lord God, help me. Help my spirit. Help my heart. In the name of Jesus, I want to be right with you. I want to be pure before you. I want to be holy before you, O Lord. Righteousness. And when there's righteousness, it gives way to peace. That's where the peace comes from. When you know that no matter what comes my way, it's going to be all right because I'm right with God. I I, I feel his righteousness covering me. I feel his righteousness in me and with me. And then that peace gives way to joy joy unspeakable joy unspeakable and full of glory joy the joy of the Lord is your strength the joy of the Lord is your strength the joy of the Lord is your strength come on all across this building just lift up your hands unto God right now lift up your hands unto God right now hallelujah hallelujah Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I I need thee. I need thee, Lord. Every hour. Every hour. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come 
Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and make it your prayer tonight. Make it your prayer tonight. I need thee. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour. Every hour. Every hour. Every hour. 